everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And hello once again, everyone. Big Dave and Joe bring you Poker Action Line, talking about the world of poker as uh, detached and far apart as everybody is on uh, a regular basis. But the uh, World Series of Poker online series uh, finished up the U.S. portion on uh, WSOP.com on July 31st. They are still continuing now into September, so there's a lot of bigger tournaments, interesting tournaments, on GG Poker. Uh, they seem to have worked out some of the bugs out of their system. They did get those two uh, tournaments that they had to uh, postpone the finish. They did get those back underway and finished, and uh, they're moving on with some big tournaments right now. Uh, the big tournament that's going on right now that was played over the weekend was the Millionaire Maker, and they are down to the final table. We'll run that down for you. Uh, when we uh, get into the show a little bit, but the final table will not be played until this weekend. So August 8th will be the time for the millionaire maker to finish up still the uh, big, huge guarantee, the 25 million guarantee for the main event there. Uh, The main event and the WSOP online was concluded with just a thousand dollar buy-in. So it was a little bit of a smaller tournament, but we have had some uh, interesting poker winners, uh, some bracelet winners this year. Uh, including um, Tony Dunst. Uh, and I want to talk about Tony because he had a very interesting post now that this uh, U.S. version is completed. Uh, he had 10 uh, things he would like to see them do a little bit different. So I'd like to bring that up, maybe have Joe comment at the end on what he thinks of some of these suggestions. So, Joe, you may want to get a pen or pencil if you can and scratch down some thoughts while I'm instead of going down one by one like we do in a lot of uh, – <laughs> The, the columns, but we'll uh, get some comments from you. Also, I'm sure it will mean a lot to people who played in the series and may tune in to the show uh, on a regular basis. So we'll get to some of that. Uh, my favorite winner of the week toward the end of the series was uh, Kristen Bicknell won a bracelet. She uh, has been on the show a couple of times. Of course, she goes out with Alex Foxen, and she's been known as the top female player. And she won the uh, – $2,500 buy-in, six max, no limit tournament, picking up 356000 So I want to talk about a couple of her things. But uh, you, you've, you've followed her a little bit, Joe. You know who she is. Well, I, I've heard you mention her name quite a bit on the show, Big Dave. And, and I know she's been on our show. Um, but, yeah, I mean – She's a hell. Of, she's a hell of a poker player. That's yeah, for sure. Really a sweet girl too. Uh, really enjoyed talking with her a couple of times, and uh, uh, really a great player too. So uh, some interesting stories coming out I of believe, that. I believe you had her on the show when I was off off of the. That I might be here. That might be so, there was yeah. there was the big four tournament over at the Seminole Hard Rock, and uh, Alex was down to the final two. I think he actually won the bracelet at his event, and uh, Kristen was there on the sidelines and. Uh, that was the story where they had uh, they had played in a big tournament. I think it was in Oklahoma where they were down to the final three and, and going they were, and they were going head to head. Yeah, and there was the other player there, and there was some big complaining that 
they felt that they had colluded a little bit. Uh, she explained their side of the story and uh, really uh, was plausible and understandable from her yeah. point of view. It was against Kale Burns was the other player. But uh, she won a bracelet this weekend, and uh, we have some pretty big names uh, deep in the tournament. Uh, maybe we'll uh, pull out a couple of hands here in just a minute, but she defeated uh, Bellarmino D'Souza for the bracelet. Uh, Ilya Anatsky was third, and uh, Simon Higgins was fifth. But uh, a lot of players uh, from other countries playing in their home countries. Kristen, of course, is uh, Canadian, so she was playing in Canada. Uh, there were some uh, players running deep in that one, including David Jackson and Chris Kruk. So um, we'll follow a couple of the other tournaments. The main event, uh, and I don't know, Joe, you, you pick up any uh, of this action at, at any time uh, for this? No, no, I haven't, Dave. You know, you know how I am. And and with their you know with their screen names there, I don't know who they are playing. So uh, I have not I I have not looked at any of that. I, I'm learning all of this as our listeners are from you. Okay. Negreanu <laughs> uh, is in the news again uh, for about the third straight week. Uh, not for a blow up this time, but for actually agreeing to a long-awaited match against uh, his arch rival Doug Polk, who has. Uh, been challenging him over the years to play uh, four tables of online heads up, no limit poker. Uh, but Negreanu agreed to play with two tables. Uh, they have finally gone through the discussions and they'll play, I guess, somewhere between 10,000 to 25,000 hands. And, uh, you know, there'll be a lot of uh, streaming the and following of this. Uh, they're the going to play uh, 200, 400 heads up, no limit hold'em. Okay. On, two, on two tables. Uh, it will be online. They haven't agreed yet to where it's going to be, but obviously it'll be uh, probably put out on Twitch if Negrano can get his uh, site back up. But, of course, uh, Polk has been on Twitch for a long time as well. We're going to play all Texas Hold'em. And uh, there's going to be some kind of uh, not really a charity aspect because Polk is kind of against the idea of using charity because he thinks, um, you know, too many people are out there trying to make themselves look like the good guys. So uh, he's not against charity itself. He says, if you want to help people, help them, but don't uh, don't use it to try and make yourself look good. Yeah, well, I guess some people do do that, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. You, you having a problem with someone who's saying this could be for charity? I I don't. I, I, something bad must have happened. Uh, he must have had a bad experience with something like this in the, in the past. Yeah, that could be. But anyway, they're kind of promoting it all by uh, going back and forth on Twitter with some nasty comments at each other. Uh, Negreanu says he feels like he's getting the worst of this match because, uh, you know, this is a game that that Polk has played over the years many times. And, uh, you know, Daniel, not really uh, as much of an online player, but uh, or maybe even a heads up player for that matter. I, I don't know uh, what he feels his strong point is, but uh, Polk has been attacking him through his YouTube channel over the years. And uh, Negrano says now this is something that people have wanted to see for a long time. And uh, he's going to get a chance to uh, get some give uh, Polk some closure for the multi year obsession, as he calls it with me. So he says, let's go get it. So it's well, going to happen. What is what is all of this all this posturing sound like to you, Big Dave? 
promotion. Yeah, sounds like a, sounds like we're having a uh, you know a middleweight lightweight fight here. <laughs> when when they're always hyping up the the difference and insulting each other like a boxing match here. So uh, <laughs> that's that's what it sounds like to me, you know. Uh, yeah. But it, probably trying to generate a lot of people to to go on. Uh, where where is it going to be on Twitch? You said. Probably they will be on one of the streaming services. I'm not sure exactly which, but uh, of course uh, we talked last week about Negranu having the big blow up and threatening the guy uh, on his Twitch channel and they actually canceled his channel. So, uh, you know, maybe it won't be on there. We'll see. And I don't know which site they're going to play on, but uh, should be some action that uh, people want to see. I think there's going to be a lot of publicity. Uh, they're already going back and forth, as I mentioned. So uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, so hopefully it'll be interest, interesting and entertaining at the same time. So. Yeah, and, and Polk has really not played much over the last year. He kind of got out of the game for a little while. And, uh, you know, he's Negreanu already, already suggesting that Polk will use that as an excuse uh, to, if, he, if he starts losing. You, you remember, and I'm bringing this up for a different reason, but you remember the last heads-up match that we talked about on, on our show? Who it was? Uh, no, don't you remember Stacy and? Uh, oh yeah, and Kasuf and Kasuf. Well, and the reason you mentioning these two guys playing heads up because uh, I'm friends with Stacy on Facebook, and I want to just wish her to get better because uh, unfortunately she broke her ankle on Sunday. Oh so wow! So she posted a picture of that. It was a nasty bump on there. So Stacy, if you're listening, uh, you know, get better, you sweetheart. Yeah, for sure. Good person and a uh, good player, too, as well. Yeah, uh, A lot of other stuff going on uh, at the conclusion of the uh, WSOP online tournament. The WPT kind of jumped into the action. Uh, they are running a schedule on their site. Uh, actually, it's on Party Poker is the site. Uh, but they are uh, playing one of the events right now, the uh, uh, the. World Championship 8 Max on Party Poker. They are in day three and down to the final eight players. Uh, the chip leader is Gavin Cochran. Thomas Boyven is second. And Dmitry Urasov third. Sam Grafton also at that final table. Um, but that is on Party Poker. So that is just another event, basically, that uh, is kind of excluding the Americans. So... Uh, Again, the stuff that we've been fighting for and cheering for for a long time, the uh, return of online poker in the States is really still at a very small level and kind of leaving people out of, out of a lot of the big action. Yeah, Big Dave, and obviously with this pandemic, it's a damn shame that we're really not on there because, oh, my God, at least people would have had this as a, you know, a relief way of getting out of it. I mean, look Look what's happening with uh, the numbers that we've seen from New Jersey and, and Nevada with, uh, you know, with the, the American side of it. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, obviously, we got bigger problems to worry about in, in, in our country and in the world right now. But uh, hopefully, you know, after this, this, we start really turning the corner on this pandemic. You know, our, our, our politicians will eventually come to, to an agreement to allow this to come back. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, certainly when there's a long hiatus, it's very tough to get things going again. And uh, the only thing I guess in our favor is that uh, there's not a lot of uh, tension being 
played to it right now by the politicians to uh, fight against it. So uh, who knows what will happen? Well, once again, if this is a this is something that we've we've discussed. Some of our you know some of our you know guests have discussed this in the past. You know, this is this could be a very big uh, revenue stream for the government. You know, tax wise, and uh, all they got to do is you know figure out a way to to you know police this in, in a way that they feel everything is on the up and up and safe and protect uh, under you know people who are underage from playing the game, which is probably the biggest hurdle uh, of online poker. But as you said, as more states come on, I'm I'm hoping that Pennsylvania, you know, and, and you were, I think you were mentioning last week, was it either Michigan or Minnesota that looks like they might have it? Michigan. Yeah. Michigan. It's actually so, legal now in Michigan. It's, they, they're not online yet, but uh, it is legal in Michigan. And uh, West Virginia is actually uh, starting online casinos, but they haven't uh, installed poker yet as part of that package. But they right. are, are legal to go f- forward with it. But listen, if 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 West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, these three states come online, let's say now before next May, and if we can't get this uh, the WSOP to be played in live at, at over there, or even if we can, you know. I can't see the online tournaments going down. Can you? I mean, I, I'm expecting them now to have 10, 15, 20 of them every year just based on how they've run this this year because of the pandemic. Right. And uh, with more of those states coming on, I'm sure they'll come to some agreement like Nevada and New Jersey have done. Yeah. So and obviously you'll start bringing in more people. I, I, I just can't see how the politicians will just – you know, continue to ignore this. I, I don't understand. For me, it, it's hard for me to understand. So, yeah. Well, uh, I had mentioned last week a couple of uh, bracelet winners. There are two other things I want to talk about tonight. Uh, the win by Ron Mc, McMillan, uh, his first ever online tournament, the 70 year old won a bracelet. It was the first tournament he had ever played online, and he's normally a home game player. Uh, play some cash games to come at some of the casinos, but he's 70 years old, talks about uh, his past of poker playing and basically how he has uh, just totally avoided uh, online poker. Finally decided some friends talked him into it. Let's go out to, he wanted to go out to Vegas because just to be in Vegas. And while he was there, he said, I'm going to try a couple of tournaments and see what happens. So uh, I want to talk about uh, his interview and I also want to talk about Tony Dunst, who uh, picked up a bracelet. We talked about that last week. Uh, in his win, it was in the 2200 tournament and uh, was his third bracelet. But uh, Tony uh, actually uh, uh, did some uh, commenting on Twitter. And I want to go over those thoughts because after now this is complete, I'll just run down these uh, different tweets and you tell me what you think. Uh, he said, basically, he feels like the Rio has done a good job evolving from year to year, and he'd like to see more of the online, the same online. So he said he played a ton this month, and here's the thread that he posted and uh, talk about some of the things. Rather than go one by one and have you comment, I'll uh, save your comments to the end. Uh, okay. Number one, number one, move up the start times three hours. He says, yes, it's it's funny to watch Ryan DePaulo close his event at 7 a.m. and scream at people going to work from the parking lot, but it's awful, unnecessary, and brutal for the regular crowd. While I can't speak for everyone's schedule in Nevada, from 12 to 3 p.m., we mostly hide from the heat. 
Uh, Number two, he said, extend hand-for-hand play, reduce time banks on bubbles. Many bubbles have become stalling contests. It ruins the play deeper in the event. Average stack in the money in the 2K deep stack event was about eight blinds. Everybody hates this. Please make it stop. Number wait, wait, wait. Three. I'm sorry. Before you continue, so I can okay. get my train. He wants he wants to reduce the time that everybody has to decide whether to fold or call on the Correct. Bubble? Correct. Okay, good. Uh, number three is diversify the schedule by adding to it. I know the mixed game players felt left out this year, but I don't think every day needs to be no limit or mixed. It could just be both. Fields were huge. I think the liquidity and demand is there. Number four, create the option to re-enter after busting. Maybe this is an impossible software thing, but it feels like an easy one to me. Plenty of people would feel comfortable firing one more, approaching the freeze-out stage, or when stacks are shorter. Number five, balance the structure. Less blinds early, more deep. This is partially a bubble thing, but I think starting at 500-plus blinds deep and an hour from the antes is overkill. If possible, consider extending levels deeper in the event, as often happens live. Number six, eliminate fields with limited demographics, which by that I mean the seniors event or any future ladies event. I'm all for these style of events live, but online – We can only be so confident that the person behind the computer is who they say they are. Number seven, condense the Sunday schedule. I know you want to create steady volume on the site, but I think you also will do better numbers by condensing the once a week mega grind. For example, the $500 six max at 9 p.m. would likely do even better an hour or two earlier. Number eight, don't rake gouge. I'm sure telling a company to take less money will go over great. But these kind of obvious grabs have steadily ruined poker companies' relationship with their players before. What we need here is competition in the market. Number nine, finish the series on Sunday. No explanation necessary. We all know Sunday is the day you go big. And number 10, keep limited re-entry and the improved secondary schedule. I know there's some people saying totally cut re-entry. But I think limited re-entry finds the right balance. And I, I thought the secondary series running alongside was great, so keep that coming. Anyway, those are his thoughts. Any uh, general thoughts and his comments there? Well, uh, I, I'm all for the time on the bubble that everybody just stalls and adds their extra time. I mean, I would, I would eliminate... I would let the people know that once we are down to X amount of players, which means we're, you know, we're very close. We're playing hand for hand. If they're stopping the play on your table while the other tables finish is, is one of the most brutal things when you're playing online. I mean, you know, and uh, I agree. You come up with a system that's just, you know, uh, cut the, 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 the regular time should be enough with maybe an additional runoff of five seconds or 10 seconds max after that. And then your hand is folded. So uh, that's, that's one of the ones that I would agree with him there. The earlier time, you know, listen, I guess it would be, he's, he says that the, the games are starting between 12 and three o'clock in the afternoon in Vegas. Is that what he's saying? I think it's actually a little later than that, even like 3 PM they start. 
So these are for the, I mean, you know, obviously these tournaments are geared more to try to get a lot of the East, the East coast people on, on there. Um, but I wouldn't have an issue with going to that, um, you know, changing that time frame there. That's just a little bit more research and, you know, uh, you know, getting uh, some some questions and answers from from some of the players to see if that's something they would really enjoy, if a large majority would enjoy. Um, you know that you know. Besides playing in the main event, I'd love to play in in the seniors event, and. Um, he makes a, a very valid point of, you know, not knowing who's behind that, you know, behind, <laughs> who's behind that computer. Right. Um, so, and, you know, which lends itself to what I said about some of the states, the federal thing is somehow being able to, to uh, police this. But um, I don't know how you, how you do that now. Uh, you've got to take people at their word. Um that's for smarter brains than mine to be able to prove that um, while playing online. Uh, but that is it. That is a, a very valid point he's making there. And it wouldn't be fair to some, say you and I playing in the tournament and having to face someone who we believe is in our age group. Um, not that there aren't great players in our age group, but uh, we are facing somebody who's in their twenties and, and used to the, to the grind of playing online. Right. Now, what about uh, the things that can possibly happen? It's hard to uh, regulate some of that stuff. But because of all this, we know that the uh, the prize money in some of these events was was a lot smaller than it would be in a live series at the Rio. Uh, what do you think about the uh, the value of these bracelets that people won uh, during this event? Listen, um for me, if I won one of those, I'd tell people I won the online tournament and I'd wear that bracelet very proudly, uh, plain and simple. I, I wouldn't devalue it one bit. It's not their fault that we are in a pandemic. And uh, you know what? I give credit to the WSOP uh, for finding a way to put this on, even if it is just on the Internet. So. I personally don't have a problem with that, Dave. Um, I'd be very proud to tell people they can say whatever they want, but if I won a tournament and I got a bracelet for it, I'd wear that thing very proudly and 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 let people know that I won a bracelet from the WSOP from one of the, whatever tournament I entered. Yeah. Well, the only thing I can say is the main event was only a thousand dollar buy-in instead of ten thousand. Uh, and, uh, you know, five years from now, are we actually going to be remembering, uh, you know, the winner of the main event compared with ones in the past, like John Sin, Joe McKeon, and even more recently, uh, Hossein Ansan, uh, you know, we'll remember those people forever. We'll even remember some of the guys that went down to head to head play and played for hours, Tony Miles, uh, Dario San Martino and players like that as well. So, uh, you know, are we going to remember the guy known as Two Rivers who uh, would uh, win the tournament? And, and uh, you know, his name actually is um, – they don't even have it in some of the stories. They don't even know what his real name is. I could look it up okay. and find out who that was. But, uh, you know, he went down to the final end of the tournament. And now, five years from now, we're not going to remember who won the 2020 main event in Vegas. Uh I, I don't know that to be true because it's it's going to have that, that asterisk that 
this was the main event, the $1,000 main event winner online. And if that person wants to stay anonymous, that's a different story. But, you know, this is an opportunity, to be honest with you, going forward. If I was looking to market this, Dave, uh, if I was in there, I'd be looking to make this man, you know, uh, a, a figure, you know, like just like the TV does for, like you said, Joe McKeon and, and you know, Chris Money may, you know, to do the same thing. Well, build it up, build it up. Hey, this is this was our main event winner of 2020 due to the due to the pen, <clears throat> excuse me, due to the pandemic. You know, it was a thousand dollar buy in main event winner. But if you don't cheapen that, if you don't cheapen that tournament yourself, if, if the, you know, the WSOP builds up on it, guess what? It might be easier for us to remember that because we'll be talking about these people and then there's only going to be one like him, you know, and say, hey, you remember when so-and-so won the, the 2020 main event? So I think it's all how you market that, you know, and, and going forward, if you, if you build that up, I think it will help, like I said, when these other states come in and you could start you know, getting multiple multiple states. Well, I'll, I'll chat to try to remember the name of this fellow next week. Uh, you know, a week from now, his, his real name is Narain Tamero. Uh, he was a winner, 310000 for winning this tournament. Uh, he defeated Norman uh, Mikalek, Michalek. Uh, plays under the name Abnormality. And uh, third place was Andrew Lichtenberger, you know, Lucky Chewy that we've uh, followed over the years. Right. Uh, well, Kevin Colenso is the only guy at the final table, the uh, other name that I recognize. Well, think about it. Right. We may not know the other players, but if they do a, a good job of marketing this, getting his picture on some of the publications, getting it out there on their websites, at the WSOP websites, and, and make him into – a normal main event winner. Granted, we know it's you know thousand dollars instead of ten thousand. But if you don't if you don't cheapen it, if you don't cheapen the product, you know the rest of us will say, yeah, in the back of our minds. But you know what? You poll most most poker players. I, I don't know about you, Dave. I'd be very proud to say I was the thousand dollar main event winner in twenty twenty, and show and show that bracelet. However, however gaudy that bracelet is this year. Compared to the other years. Well, I'll just say this whole series for me was very forgettable, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, some of the other players that did cash in the main event, uh, Alan Kessler uh, with a min cash. Joe McKeon did uh, cash uh, as well, 215th place. Phil Helmuth was 133rd. Tony Dunst, 106th. Kathy Liebert finished 100th. And congratulations to Jamie Kerstetter, who played very well, uh, finishing in 37th place for $6,400. And uh, Ryan LaPlante was 30th. So uh, that was the main event this year. Came as and went as it does. And uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, well, listen, like you said, for you, it's forgettable. I don't know any of these people, but guess what? For the main event, like I said, if I get to read up on this guy and get, and get a human interest story on him, I I won't forget who who won the twenty twenty. Narain Tamero, Two Rivers. Where is he from? Where? What? I don't know. <laughs> uh, may never find that out. But uh, anyway, I, I can maybe look that up a little bit later. Anyway, uh, several other events going on now. The, uh, the Millionaire Maker down to the final table. Uh, chip leader is Daniel DeVoris. 
uh, from Canada. And uh, also at that final table is uh, Neville Costa and Michael Nugent right behind uh, in the top five. So uh, they'll be finishing next week on the 8th for that one. Um, also, uh, some bigger tournaments coming up that probably will get a lot more attention, including the main and several others uh, in the uh, GG Poker uh, series. And uh, we'll keep an eye on some of that, uh, whether we like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's see. Like I said, I don't get to see that, but um, let's see what happens. Okay. Uh, let's take our first break in the program. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Mac Daddy 15, Ron McMillan, who won his first ever online event for a World Series of Poker Bracelet. Uh, we'll talk about his story when we come back and maybe get a little bit more into the uh, heads-up match with uh, Polk and Uranu. So we follow that along. That will be one of the emerging stories in the fall here after all this series has been played and gone. So uh, let's take a break here in the program. Don't forget, you can always listen to the program on the Hold'em Radio Network. One of our friends out there have been carrying us for a long time. We appreciate that. The Poker Fuse podcast page. And, of course, anywhere you get your podcasts, including Spotify, um, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Be sure and rate the program. Um, we invite you to subscribe so that you get a notification every time we post a new show. Of course, we do uh, mention it on Twitter and uh, follow us on Poker Action Line, at Poker Action Line on Twitter and Facebook, and uh, you can pick up some of the information there. We'll be back with more of the show when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line. We'll be right back. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to mooch off your friends. You gonna finish that grape? You mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. You don't need to be a medical test subject. How do you feel? Mostly okay. I... <laughs> Sometimes, though. <laughs> you don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. noise there but uh, we'll try to get through it uh it's funny uh one of the things i, I constantly notice watching a lot of cnn and msnbc 
is how they lose the uh, microphone on their guests uh, pretty much several times an hour. And uh, it must be very frustrating for uh, the sound guys on there to uh, have to do all these interviews via Zoom. But uh, it's the new normal, at least for now. So we'll continue with that. Uh, Joe Rodriguez (laughs) with me as usual. Joe Costello behind the controls as we bring you another edition of Poker Action Line. Uh, I wanted to get back to that main event because I wanted to – Kind of talk about how it finished, Joe. There was an interesting uh, situation uh, when they got down to the final nine. Uh, three players were eliminated in like just the first few hands, uh, and then they got down to three. And uh, Andy Lichtenberger uh, was eliminated with uh, Ace Five offsuit. The board uh, came up Deuce Seven Nine Nine Nine, and and Norman Michalek. Had, was holding pocket eights, so that gave him thirty million chips going into head to head play against two rivers, who had just eleven point nine, and it looked like it was all his tournament to nail down. But he made a mistake; it cost him a lot of his stack. And I want to look at that hand just basically, um, you know, as he was trying to nail things down. Uh, two rivers had raised preflop. And the flop was 8-6 King Rainbow. I guess Rainbow, I'm assuming. Uh, Michelek tried to put the pressure on by raising to 2.5 million chips. But uh, Two Rivers made the call. Uh, Queen of Diamonds, which was the third diamond, came on the board. So actually the, the flop was two diamonds. So the third diamond on the board. Michelek fired again and Two Rivers called again. So now the board's getting juicy as a 10 of spades came on the river. And uh, with flush and straight options, Michalek moved all in. Kind of surprising, especially uh, when Two Rivers made the call and saw that Michalek basically had tried to bluff him with Mm 5-4 offsuit. And he was holding, uh, Two Rivers was holding uh, uh, King 8 so he actually had flopped two pair, and that uh, kind did of turned think, things around. Did, that was when he had a three to one lead on him. Uh, Michelek, I believe, had a three to one lead at, right. at that time. So I wonder what he's thinking once he fi- once he fires the second bet, two point four, two point nine, whatever that first 2.5, bet was, yeah, uh-huh. and then he bets another whatever two point nine. What what does he think his opponent has when when in essence that's very close to having to go all in just about because that's that's half your stack right there. Yeah. So he had something that he was going to go see till the very end. Especially when you basically fell short on the river and didn't really have anything. Uh, why go all in there? Like I said, that's what I, you know, he, again, with that stack, sometimes you got to know how to play a big stack because I know three to one looks like a huge lead. But guess what? You're both all in. You get that other guy all in with 11 million chips. Well, guess what? Now the other guy has you by by a small margin, and all he's got to win is another coin toss to, to win the title. So yeah. you went from having a three-to-one chip lead just about to, to being out of the tournament, you know, and to give your opponent, to double up your opponent in that in that position and give up that strength without anything, you know, I don't. I didn't play with three with with, um, 
with the gentleman who won. What's his name? What was his name again? Three. Uh, two Rivers. Two Rivers. Two Rivers. Narain Tamero. Narain Tamero. Two Rivers. Uh, you know, having played a final table with him at least, you know, you had to know where this man is at, at this point. So, I don't know. The first bet sounds good, hoping your opponent missed and you take it down right there. Once he made that call and then made the turn call for another for close to half of his stack between those two, you know that guy's not going anywhere. You know, I, I, I mean, at least I'm not going anywhere. If I'm making those two calls, it's because I hit something, and you're going to have to show me something better than that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess basically, uh, you know. Uh, wouldn't they have been down to about even? I guess. Uh, let me let me oh, no. this two rivers. If if thirty if the, he had thirty million and two rivers had about eleven million, I must well, have that wrong because it was over very quickly after that. I gotta say. Well, no, that's no. You that could be correct if he went all in. He called them. All of a sudden, two rivers goes up to about twenty two, twenty three million, and the other guy drops to about nineteen. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. now and now two rivers takes the lead on you just you just gave up your position of strength and chips to this guy you know on on a complete bluff and i you know personally i could have i would have waited i would have waited on that you have the chip lead you i i would i would have wanted him to be the one trying to scare me out of a pot when i have something not the other way around right. but I, but I don't have that money, and I don't have second place money. So <laughs> he's the one who got there that far, which is a tremendous thing to do. Um, and it's easy for us to sit here and uh, be Monday morning quarterbacks once we see the play there. Uh, again, like I always mention, sometimes you make these moves that don't make sense to people like you and I and other other people without having viewed, you know, how his opponent had played up to that point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, kind of, kind of crazy. There was also a hand right toward the end that uh, Michalek bluffed, holding uh, Queen Four offsuit. Uh, the board was uh, five of diamonds, Deuce and six of clubs, Jack of spades, and the two of diamonds on the river. So uh, again, he was looking uh, to try to fill the straight. I guess at that point, well, he really had nothing. Now that I look he at had it, nothing. He had nothing. They nothing and, there. So and then River uh, Two Rivers had uh, four six of diamonds. So uh, that was when he hung in there, and he had, of course, uh, deuces and sixes when the hand was over, and that was another bluff he picked off at the end of the match. Yeah, well, you know, once he had that first one picked up, I don't know what chip, what chip counts they were at at that point, but I believe some sort of frustration sets in there when you realize that you've given you've given away your your strength that you know that you've played however long it was to get to that point and you've given away you just gave it away on a bluff and yeah you know frustration sets in for a lot of players that's for sure uh, let's take a look at this Ron McMillan story seventy years old uh, and uh, a businessman that played a lot of online online. Uh, he lives in Iowa near Des Moines and uh, took a flight out to Vegas for hopes of winning uh, an online tournament and tried for the first time. And he wins a bracelet under the name Mac Daddy 15. Uh, over a thousand entries. Uh, this tournament uh, was one of the late ones and uh, he earned $188,000. 
it was a $1,000 no limit hold'em six max event. So uh, he talks about, you know, how he started to play and uh, he played in home games since the early seventies, went to the casinos a little bit uh, in the early two thousands, but uh, it was, had some friends that played on the mid States poker tour and invited him to play, uh, you know, he had gone out to Vegas and played the main event, but they invited him to uh, start playing a little bit online. So he got into it a little bit. Uh, didn't really like it because he's not a computer guy. And this makes the story so interesting. He says, uh, when they asked him about how his success, he says, uh, well, first of all, they asked him uh, why he didn't play more online poker. And he said, uh, he said, I have a habit of getting addicted to things. He goes, I'm more of a hunter and a fisherman. And, uh, you know, I like to go outside and do that kind of stuff. He said, I, I'm married. I've grown children. And I have my business. So if I started to play online poker, I'm afraid it could get a little bit nuts and, and let him uh, be obsessed with it. So he stayed away from it completely. Uh, he didn't have much of an idea about computers. So he had his IT guys uh, set up his uh, laptop and uh, teach him how to use it and uh, played in this tournament. Then he went out to Vegas. He said uh, he had a hesitation, but he said he had a terrible time getting into the tournament because Caesars uh, had a hard time recognizing his account. He said, first of all, uh, they listed his official name as Ronald, and they, he gave them the name Ron, so they, that was the first problem. Then they asked him for a Social Security card. He said, I don't know if I've had one for 50 years. <laughs> so, so he had to go to the bank and get receipts from the bank to prove who he was. And he barely got into the tournament on time to play. So uh, that was a problem for him as well. So um, he ended up, uh, he said some of his success in the tournament was because uh, he said, you know, he did think he learned a lot watching the players and what they were doing. Uh, but he said a lot of it was because he of his uh, lack of skill in using a computer and that a lot of times he made over bets that he didn't really intend to make because he hit the wrong button or he wasn't really sure exactly how to play the hand uh, online. So he said a lot of people probably got a little scared of him that he was playing so aggressively and uh, it worked out in his favor. Well, that, that happened to me when I first started playing online. <laughs> and I remember making on one of those, uh, you know, electrical poker tables on a cruise once. I know I've mentioned it before many years ago on the, on the show, but I remember once going, wait a minute, that's not what I wanted to do. And I went all in and I announced to the whole table <laughs> that, <laughs> that I didn't have what I, cards for an all in. And somebody called me because of that. And as, as life would have it, I wound up winning the hand. But I, I, would, I would have folded if someone had gone all in to me. But for lack of knowing how to properly use it, uh, it, it got me so I can understand and, and you know, <laughs> and sympathize with him, which which I'm sure his opponents thought he was a very aggressive player. And by the time he figured it out and then did get aggressive, the people who were tired of that probably made bad calls for him. So that's, yeah. that's a good thing. Well, he talked about one of the players he played against. He thinks he got knocked down in sixth place or something like that. But one thing he noticed was any time the guy had ace eight or above, he was just going nuts. Uh, with his bets and he came into a hand he had pocket deuces and he had a three to one chip lead over the guy and he said if he if he hung in there he knew it would hurt him if he lost the hand but that it wouldn't cripple him 
So he assumed the guy was playing the ace. As it turned out, the guy was had ace ten, and didn't uh, didn't match up on the the flop Turner River, and his pocket deuces held up. And he said that was basically uh, what propelled him into the lead toward the end of the tournament. Yeah, you know, sometimes that's what happens. I've done the same thing in some of the tournaments that I've gone deep, where I've noticed a certain player has played aggressively when he gets two, two, let's say, good cards or, or what he assumes to be two good cards. And when you have the chips, either either when you have enough chips that you say, I can take a shot without it crippling me, or when you think, hey, this is as good a chance as any for me to double up, you know, even if you're short, that's when you stay, step up to the table. And, and those are trends that players need to, to realize. Sometimes you just have to take that chance. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the one thing funny when they asked about it, they said, did you enjoy the experience of playing online? And he said, yes, but I can see why I won't ever do it again. He said, once they come back to live play, I will probably never play again in an online tournament. Yeah, well, like I said, it is different. You have to get used to it. Um, I definitely understand the um, – the getting addicted to it because that's happened to me over the last few years when I was playing a lot online. I mean, I could literally be there, you know, 16, 17, 18 hours, which I never would be putting in at a live table. I just, I've never ever come close to playing that many hours at a live poker table. And uh, eventually it does start affecting uh, your, your home life. And <laughs> if you're married, you, you will get into some arguments because they're, they're going to be like, you're doing this again for all day? <laughs> and you don't want to be hounded in that. And so I I do understand that feeling. That's why I've kind of stepped away for, for the last few months. Right. For sure. Um, he did say that uh, it's obviously quite a bit different from what he had always uh, realized going out and playing in the main event. He said, you know, and there was a, no Thunderdome, no Rio, and no big crowds with your rail behind you. Uh, you know, he was disappointed with that. He ended up playing at Caesars. He said there was five friends in a big suite and, you know, a couple of guys were in separate bedrooms playing live action after they got knocked out of the tournament. And, uh, you know, the other people were just kind of reporting everything else as he was still online. And he said there was still the adrenaline rush that you get from playing poker. He said it's every poker player's dream to win a bracelet. Uh, he said it's just like, uh, you know, live poker. First you want a bag, then you want a cash. Then you want to run deep. Then you want a final table, and then you want to win. So he said he had been playing good, been running real good. He had been playing the best poker of my life, and I had quite a few chips. Hit a big hand when there were four or five players left, and that when it got that's when it got real. And and let me tell you something. I don't know if he if you mentioned that in that thing there, but uh, the adrenaline does start to flow. But you mentioned about not having a rail or having people in the room and winning it in a, in a you know in a, in a live brick and mortar is I remember the first online tournament that I won. I was like, you know, I got to that final table. My nerves were going crazy, winning, you know, rivering some hands, doing this, eliminating players, Dave. And then all of a sudden your head's up, you're going through it, blah, 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 blah. And then you either win, you know, win or lose. That's it. The screen just, the table goes blank. There's nothing there. There's nobody cheering you on, applauding you. You know, and it kind of it kind of sucks a little bit of the fun out of it. You know, you're, you're yeah. happy that you won whatever money you just won, 
but there's nobody is nobody is enjoying it with you which is you know obviously one of the great things when when you win a championship or or any tournament in the WSOP yeah, for sure. Uh, he said the one uh, thing that was gratifying for him was whether he plays online or not. He kind of turned some people on to it, friends of his and people who knew who he was and played at some of the live games with him at the cash games at a house. Uh, he said, you know, they, they, they're now going to go out and play online a bit, a little bit. He said uh, first they said they weren't going to play anymore. But now they're going to start playing online. He says, I love people. And if I can make people feel good and maybe motivate them, that's a great thing. Oh, that's great. That sounds fantastic. So he's the winner of the $1,000 tournament uh, in his first ever online event. And uh, certainly, uh, you know, there's always some great stories, and this is just one more of them. Well, congratulations to him. Uh, Let's take one final break on the show. We'll come back and uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, uh, a letter written by Melissa Burr to the uh, World Series of Poker about where the mixed games were this year. Uh, Didn't really understand why they didn't have it because she knows in their online sites they do have these games. Uh, So uh, had some questions about it and uh, why they're so important to her. So we'll get to that. Maybe a couple other things as we finish. You're listening to Poker Action Line, as usual, with Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. We hope you'll download the show on a regular basis. Uh, watch for some guests here in the fall. We see when we things get back to normal, whenever that will be. Uh, and we'll try to uh, resume more of the regular format of the show if we ever get back in the studio again. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez, we'll be back to finish things up when we return here on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the play-for-free demonstration and hope that you will join us 
and the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. From the vantage point, Mafatu saw six war canoes drawn upon the beach, but what held the boy's eyes in awful trance were the figures springing and leaping about the flames, darting, shifting, bounding toward the sky. The eaters of men. Cannibals. Firelight glistened on the royal bodies, on flashing spears and bristling decorations. Mafatu watched the strange scene, powerless to move, and he felt doom itself breathing chill upon his neck. In that very instant, he heard a crashing in the undergrowth. Four figures were tearing toward him through the jungle. He could see them now. He turned and ran blindly down the trail, slipping, sliding, stumbling, his breath all but choking in his throat. Only one thought gave him courage as he ran, his canoe ready and waiting. If only he could reach it before the savages overtook him. Explore new worlds. Find out what happens next by reading the book Call It Courage by Armstrong Sperry. For other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Final segment of the program. Big Dave and Joe finishing things up here from South Florida on our usual show uh, on StreamYard and a different little setup here as we uh, bring you the program. Anyway, um, uh, the one letter I wanted to talk about was The letter written by uh, Melissa Burr, who is uh, someone I follow on Twitter for quite some time. A pretty girl that uh, plays uh, some great poker and is uh, pretty much an online player. She talks about how uh, there was only one single mixed game event, an Omaha eight or better event uh, that basically uh, really was just kind of a toss in, she felt. And uh, there was no stud eight or better. Uh, she said she knows they have the capacity to run that sort of thing. And she wished she would just uh, that the whole World Series of Poker would change their outlook on mixed games. Joe, what do you think? Well, I'm I'm really not much of a mixed game player. You know how I feel about Omaha. I do love playing Raz, uh, which I haven't done in quite a while. Uh, and I and I also enjoy playing seven card stud. I don't know when she's talking about mixed games, like mixing up hold them like a horse tournament. You're talking about, maybe. yeah, horse or uh, you know, Raz. And, I uh, I, I know I know that I have played on other sites. I love you know I've played those tournaments on other sites. Um, not having played on on this on on this site, I um, and you know if they offer it, fine. Maybe they don't have enough. Again, I'm not an IT person, so to be honest with you, this would just be a complete guess as to, you know, what the reason would be. But I'm telling you, the site has to have a decent enough uh, reason for this, meaning that they hopefully don't run into the situations they had earlier in the tournament where obviously it crashed, the system crashed. So, you know, without knowing, getting an answer from them, they're the ones that can honestly answer this. There are there are sites out there that have you know the, the 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 software for that and to run it completely smooth and with no issues, but um, I don't know what the reason is why they wouldn't do that here. If well, they had are, the software, I would I would have run it also. Right, uh, she said uh, at one time you know Limit Hold'em was the most popular game in poker rooms. Before that, it was Stud, uh, but 
she says people need to learn all the games for for a very good reason. She says every year a new game comes out that threatens the stronghold that No Limit Hold'em has on poker, and that she can make the argument that mixed games prepare players for the future. Well, we've discussed, yeah, you know, uh, as more people become educated at a, at a certain game, you know, the harder it is to win at it. So the more the more you sometimes the, the, you bring back something old and make it new again, like <laughs> you know, like try to bring back seven card stud high low or just seven card stud. Um, again, with the mixed games, and I do you, do you know how Badoogie and all these other games are played? Dave? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. Well. Do they offer them on some of these sites? Because I I haven't seen very few. I think anything that doesn't just fill the tables all, all the time has been uh, kind of left by the wayside. Exactly, and you know that's why I enjoyed uh, when I used to play Raz. You know, um, because you could get into there was there was usually um, I believe it was on um, on Poker Stars that I was playing it. And, um, you know, the games were great. I was playing at an $8.816 let table with four raises. And, and I loved that game, you know. And even though I started playing it at that level, they did have one, two, two, four games. I just jumped into it, even though I didn't have as much experience as I would have liked. But I was successful at it because I enjoyed that type of game because I enjoyed seven-card stud. But... These different games, you got to figure out a way to to educate the poker player who doesn't know this without it costing them a whole lot of money at first. And and if you can't do that, if those games aren't run regularly uh, for different dollar amounts, Dave, it becomes difficult for somebody to put pluck down whatever amount of money that the, the entry fee is for a tournament. Yeah. She says, uh, you know, basically what happens now in today's world is players will pick out the one game that they are, uh, you know, strong at. And usually it's no limit poker, uh, no limit hold'em. And uh, she says that uh, they often work on their game very hard, become the best player in the game and grind out a solid win rate and will be hard to uh, be exploited in their game of choice. But she says mixed games, on the other hand, can and will humble almost any player. No mix is created equally. If you get a seat at a table that is playing a mix of games instead of just one, you'll sometimes find yourself in a mix that is not your best, but still favorable. Then she talks about like a, you know, maybe an isolated table. You can have three other players who have more experience and more volume in 70% of the games. There's also could be two fun players who bring the game to an acceptable level of profitability, but still you will find yourself in gross spots versus the professionals. It's a feeling of humility that is arguably necessary for a player to truly reach their potential. Yeah. But um, like I, she answered herself with the comments that you made that, you know, people pick the one game, they try to become extremely proficient at it, grind out a good living at it. And, they're figuring to themselves, why do I need to do this other stuff over here and put myself in harm's way? Unless you know that you can get, you know, a positive expected value, you know, by you playing this game. Like she says, some of the games I can horse. For me, the Omaha game is always the weakest for me. I love all the other four games. Right. But even hold them at a limit because when you play horse, hold them is played at a limit level, which used to be I love playing that. But limit level is so different from no limit, especially in the early stages of a horse tournament. 
the deeper you go in and the higher those blinds keep going up, well, you know, the, the limit part of it almost steps out of it because it comes so high that most people are going to be going all in by the river if they've been raised or anything else. But to get yourself to that point in the tournament, Dave, you know, you, you've got to win enough hands. And I do understand that I wanted to make myself better, but I, fu- I used to get frustrated and I'd get eliminated 90% of the time in the Omaha if I had not built up a strong uh, stack, if I had did not have a, you know, favorable tournament up until whatever round it is that the Omaha is on again. Right. Right. So she says, um, go she, ahead, said, she says that, uh, you know, that players who do play the mixed games are forced to overcome obstacles. Other players will never face because there's either a big, huge game. There's no, there's no micro stakes for a mixed game. She says, so basically you either have to get out there and uh, try to get to the top by taking huge risks. And, uh, you know, it takes some fortitude and character and just enough gamble to get to the top of that landscape, she says. Exactly. And, and you know, I, I would like to see some of that. But like it said, it takes a special uh, makeup of a poker player, not to mention someone with deep pockets, to be able to do this to the point where it becomes profitable. And if there isn't enough players that are bad enough at it, that have deep enough pockets for you to make it worth your while, uh, then it becomes more of an ego thing. You know, the top pros playing at it. And now you got, now you got to go up against everybody, <laughs> all the top pros in the game. So, Okay. Well, if you want to see this article, it's, it's on uh, Card Player, an open letter to the WSOB, Why Mixed Games Are Good for Poker Player Development. Uh, by Melissa Burr. So uh, check that out as well. Uh, that's going to about do it for the show tonight. Uh, a lot of interesting stories tonight, including Daniel Negreanu and Doug Polk uh, setting up for a heads-up match. Kristen Bicknell winning a bracelet. Um, uh, Ron McMillan winning his first ever online event and uh, several other things. Also, we got to keep the baseball players out of the casino. They're blaming a trip to the casino uh, to, for making uh, several of the St. Louis Cardinals having to postpone a series this weekend. So uh, we still got to watch your behavior <laughs> for sure. Just as, just as you say that, the Broward Casinos took, took the uh, the restrictions off. So. Yeah, exactly. Joe, the thanks for everything. Season. Appreciate it. Uh, Joe Costello, thank you as well. Uh, we hope to be back with you another for another show next week here on Poker Action Line. Until then, I'm Big Dave Lemon, and we'll see you next week on the Poker Action Line.